Welcome to I'm Game with Fred Croner. Today I'm joined by a lifelong Muhammad resident, Denny Hatcher. Uh, a lot of people know him maybe because of the of the cars, uh, the used cars and the and the uh, hot rods that he works on or the, the car show. Others know him because of uh, his, his running. He has quite a running background. And others know him just because he's been a face around the community now for just about uh, seven decades. So Denny, welcome. <laughs> Thank you, Fred. How are you? I am just fine. Well, I think we've got a lot of things to talk about. Why don't we talk, uh, first of all, with the cars. How, how did you get involved with, with cars and fix-ups, and, uh, and, and how did that get started? My grandfather was a mechanic. His name was Dan Smoot, so I grew up. He had a little Ford garage here in Muhammad, so I grew up around cars. And then my dad uh, bought a go-kart in the mid-50s, 1950s. And um, we would go over to Farmer City Racetrack and race his little go-kart. And it wouldn't have been any better for me if we'd have been at the Indy 500. <laughs> That's cool. I've, I've, always, I've always liked cars and stuff. Uh-huh. So when did you actually start working on them and, and fixing them up and, and doing that, uh, that kind of work? Well, as soon as I got a driver's license, your... Um, brother-in-law down the street from where I grew up, Dale, we tried to act like we were automotive mechanics before we even knew which wrench went where. <laughs> Dale was a little better at it than I was, obviously, but I started working on cars just as uh, young and as soon as I could get my hands on them. So now at, at this point, do you how does it work? Do you, do you buy the cars and then fix them up? Or does somebody bring you a car and you fix it up? Or how, how does that part work? <clears throat> My wife usually has the same comment when I come home with a car. She looks at me and she says, they really see you coming. <laughs> <laughs> I just like cars. And if one, one comes along that um, I have an interest in and we think we can do something with, Taking an old car and fixing it up a little bit gives you a feeling of somewhat of an accomplishment. And uh, I enjoy that, always have. Do you have any kind of a timetable for yourself then once you get a car? Or is it just kind of your, your own <laughs> schedule and, and as long as it takes, it takes? You could have been a comedian. No, I, I don't have, my timetable is, uh, I don't have really a timetable as to, you know, how long to spend and whatnot, but they do take a lot of time. And it's like a journey. You never really get finished with one until it sells. You always just keep trying to improve on what you have. Uh -huh. Are there certain kinds of cars that you like to work on more or some that you don't have to work on at all or, or not? There would be a few cars uh, over the years. Looking back, I would probably stay away from, um, but Nowadays, with modern technology, about any problem you're having with the car, you can do a little research on it, and someone would walk you through on the repair, so to speak. Or Over the years, we've got to uh, meet a lot of people and uh, good mechanics. And uh, as far as going to work, it's if you're doing what you like and you're around people that you enjoy being around, it's really not work. We, we, uh, we have fun playing with cars. Do you have anybody that works with you or are you just pretty much solo? 
I have a friend who retired as a mechanic and uh, he comes in and helps and that allows us to sometimes get away. And he's been a mechanic all his life. So I think he comes in here just to humor himself watching me flip flop around, not knowing what I'm doing. Cause he, he was a mechanic by trade all his life. Real good guy. So do you ever get a car that you think you're, you're going to fix up and sell and you like it so much when it's done, you say, Nope, I'm not putting this one on the market. Not really. I mean, <clears throat> people say, Oh, I have this and I have that. And I have this collection. Um, when you get to be our age, you realize that all you are is a caretaker of that car. You know, uh, someday it will go to someone else. So to get attached to them, I understand that, um, to have a fondness or a sentimental attachment to a car, but, um, they're just uh, a hobby or something of interest and whatnot. And, and I think people can get too attached to them. What, I try your, not to. Uh -huh. what, what's your favorite car that you've, you've worked on and, and rebuilt? <clears throat> I had a 67 Plymouth Belvedere GTX Hemi car and that was a rare car because of the Hemi motor and the four speed. And it was a drag car originally bought by a guy down in Effingham. And it only had 5,800 miles on it, which um, that's low miles, but it was a drag car. And I got to meet the gentleman um, that bought the car new, he's passed away. But that was a car that was fun to do. And because it being quite rare, I kind of think that would have been one that, um, could have stayed around a little longer because it was it was a neat car. Mm -hmm. So as you're as you're fixing them up and, and you're getting the cars drivable, then do you do you often drive them around town yourself so people can kind of see you out and about and see the car? Is that kind of help promote what you're doing? <laughs> it's usually a test drive to see if I can make it down the road and back to start with. <laughs> 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 but um, you know. Nick Taylor does such a great job of putting on the car show and whatnot. And um, I think it's great to bring that many cars in to the Muhammad car show each year, but it's a lot of work. And if you're around cars on a daily basis, um, the wife and I don't have a burning desire to go to car shows um, like some people do because you're around cars all the time. But, you know, you, you mentioned the Muhammad Car Show, which is every July, and, and boy, that thing has just really taken off and, and growing over the years. What would you ever have envisioned that uh, when it was just first getting started? I think that's because of the chamber doing a good job and, and my friend and a number of others. Um, Nick goes around and passes out flyers to other car shows that he knows is going on. So there's a lot of effort that goes into putting those car shows on. And then he has Mike Rounds uh, make trophies. And um, I think the credit goes to my friend, Nick and the other people that put forth such a good effort in the Muhammad Chamber of Commerce, because you have to get the police involved and the traffic and going through the Lake of the Woods and people taking pictures. And uh, it's a lot of work. And uh, I think they do a great job. I would never have guessed it would have went to 
300 cars, but yeah, it did. Exactly. There's hardly That's even cool. hardly even room to, to put them up there anymore. You're on the side streets and the grass and and everywhere. And they come from all over. I mean, you see cars, uh, you see cars from all over at that. Very neat car show. Well, let's uh, switch gears, so to speak, from cars to, to running. Now, when, when did you get started running? <laughs> Fred, I never was. I never was a good runner in school. My dad was, but I never had any um, speed as like um, short distance kind of a, you know, I could go up. <clears throat> Nick Taylor, I saw him in the mid nineties. He was on Turkey Farm Road going north. Nick and I grew up together. So he stopped in, we visited all the time. And I said, hey, I saw you running up Turkey Farm Road. This was like 94, 95. And he goes, yeah. I said, well, I'll have to join you some morning. And he said, that'd be great. And I said, how far do you go? And he said, not very far at all. So we went up Turkey Farm Road down Diane Lane, turned and went back to his house, which maybe was no more than a half mile. But that was the start of uh, running with my buddy, Nick. And then a number of other guys, we would meet there each morning and go up Turkey Farm Road and uh, had a lot of fun doing that. Good way to start the day. I think if you start exercising early in the morning, it's your best bet. You have to do it before your brain kicks in. <laughs> before, you, before you get tired, mentally exhausted. By the end of the day, you're, you're mentally tired and you can't think about running. It, it is a good way to start the day because I know you get out and walk, you walk your dog. I think people just, uh, they don't realize the uh, privilege it is to be able to get out, get the heart rate up a little bit. And I think if more people would do like you do, walk their dog and go out and uh, just stay active, you'd have less doctor's appointments. Yeah, probably so. So how, how long did you continue running? I ran for probably mid-90s, um, probably 17 or 18 years, pretty mm -hmm. much fairly regular. Now, now you, you got into some races and stuff too, didn't you? <clears throat> Someone has to come up the rear. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, yes, I did. And I met a lot of neat guys over the years, um, running with them and whatnot. And they have such a nice trail here in Muhammad. You know, we ran the, uh, the paths and then we ran the bike trails. And it's just a nice way to spend time with some neat guys. What's the longest race you've ever run? Well, I did a couple uh, triathlons that were very long when you're mm -hmm. slow, um, mm -hmm. but did a few marathons also. So as far as an hourly thing, it would be the triathlon, but um, as far as the distance, it would be a marathon. Okay. Talk, talk about the joy that, that you got from running, what, what it did for you you know, beyond just kind of, you know, the exercise and helping you keep in shape? <clears throat> There's a term they use. I wouldn't say I felt it often, but they call it like a runner's high. If you're out there, uh, it's, it's almost like um, some chemical reaction in your body because you're out there and your heart rate's up and um, 
uh, I just think there's something goes on in your body and your mind to where you feel good. And it doesn't mean you have to be going at a, a fast pace. Obviously, I never was fast. But uh, just to be out there and um, have your heart rate up, uh, it's a good feeling. Well, like me, you've spent most of your years in Muhammad. Uh, talk about some of the changes you've seen in the community. I mean, you, you can probably remember back to when the population sign had about 1,100 people. And, <laughs> you know, now it's just, oh, my gosh. I mean, it's, uh, what is it, uh, 10,000 within the village? and. It's, it's unbelievable. It really is. Um, I don't remember who it was, but it was a famous uh, author said, uh, <clears throat> the only um, person that likes change is an infant in a wet diaper. <laughs> so changes, changes are somewhat, uh, well, you know, you being in the news um, line of work, I remember when Mr. Pugh had the uh, newspaper up town sure. and he would actually, he would actually, uh, because Sally Pugh was in our class. So she would take us up there where her dad did the, it was called the sucker state, right? Right. Sure. And he would actually take the um, type and would actually set those in by hand. And that would be the way that they would set up the newspaper. And I, I still remember that. I mean, gee whiz, unbelievable. Well, and, and to think, I mean, it was it was a weekly paper, but I mean, that was how that family made the living was by, by you know, producing a weekly oh, paper. Oh, my goodness. My goodness. And delivering it. And uh, it's just amazing, isn't it? Sally Pugh was the most popular girl in our class. The day she came in, there was a Western um, that had come out and it was popular and it was called Paladin. And he'd have a little card with him that would say, have gun, will travel. Hmm. So Sally had her dad make up a bunch of those little cards and she came to school and passed them out to us. We all thought we were paladin there carrying a gun. <laughs> <laughs> well, and of course now we're, we're at the point uh, that there is no weekly paper, at least print, uh, print paper anymore. And it's really hard, you know, and, it, and it's kind of ironic because the community has grown so much and there's so many things going on, but yet, you know, it, it's hard to get the community news, isn't it? I, uh, I think there's pros and cons to, you know, the changes. And I think most of them have been fantastic. Um, you are younger than me, but one of the changes uh, my wife and I've talked about over the years was back when we were kids and the Lake of the Woods is still a beautiful, beautiful park. But when we were kids and we would go swimming there and whatnot, I mean, that was a happening place. Sure. And there was a slide and everything. Oh, that sea slide. Yeah, it was so cool. It had trampolines. And that was just uh, um, growing up as kids. Uh, that was, uh, I thought that was a lot of fun. Sure. I mean, parents would take their kids out there early in the morning or at least by noon and, and just leave them in the afternoon. Uh, you know, the, the kids would have that time and enjoy themselves and the parents would have some time to themselves. My grandfather, uh, on my father's side, he worked out there on the grounds department and whatnot so that I could always go to him and get a dime for a, a Sherbert push-up or something. So that's where I uh, developed my love for sugar. <laughs> <laughs> but that was a neat place. 
and it was packed as you remember i mean the parking lot yeah. and uh, it was just packed crazy yeah. the people that would go there yeah it was a lot of fun but, but i mean and you know again packed with muhammad being so much smaller than it is now i mean imagine if you know it was still open and, and available to have swimming what, what it would be like now i mean it would just be amazing it was and it is still a beautiful park but uh the deal was if you could swim out to the raft, you know, and back, then you could go on the other side of the buoys. Oh, so okay. it was a, it was a big deal. <laughs> you, you talk about the, the changes, you know, in Muhammad and a lot of them are, are good, but, but talk a little bit about how things have changed because, you know, I remember back in the day we, we had a bowling alley. I mean, there, there were things, oh. there were activities, you know, like you say, the, the Lake of the Woods, but you know, there's not really a lot of activities, although now there is the, the, the pool hall of town, but there's there's really not a lot of things uh, recreation-wise, uh, you know, for, for families uh, to do, is there? That That is true. And the little bowling alley, I remember when it was built, and that was so cool. What was it called? Satellite Bowl? Satellite Bowl, yeah, Jim Pasley. And yeah, Mr. Pasley and Mr. Armstrong, and it seems like there was, but uh, that was a neat place. It really was. And uh, I don't know what it would take to... Um, have more things like that because Champaign-Urbana and you know there's so there's been so many things change well more recently now it's um it's unbelievable uh, I I <clears throat> when we were kids we liked to go play um sandlot baseball football or whatever and you don't see a lot of that with the youngsters anymore which I guess that's okay, but I think we grew up in a fantastic time. Your brother-in-law, Dale, and I talk about that all the time. We just think, you know, growing up in the 50s and 60s in Muhammad, it was like uh, Mayberry, but it was about as good as you could get. We had a lot of fun, and there really wasn't a lot of trouble or, you know, people left their doors unlocked, and it, it really wasn't, uh, of course, it was much smaller then. But Muhammad's always been a great town, and the way it's grown has been good. The schools, the library, everything. It's a fantastic town. But you look at other towns around that have not had the growth Muhammad has. So uh, someone's done something right because people love it here. That's for sure. All right. Well, we've been talking with Denny Hatcher today. Denny, any other thoughts? You want to look into your crystal ball and, and predict uh, what might happen or what might change in the next five to 10 years? Oh, I'd have to, I'd have to give that one some thought, but I think as long as you keep walking that dog and the wife you're married to as good as she can cook, I mean, how could life get much better? Well, you got that right. That's for sure. <laughs> All right. Well, Denny, I enjoyed talking to you today. It's nice to uh, to talk a little bit about the, the past and, and relive Muhammad. Uh, there's still a few of us around that have, have been here for as long as we have, uh, getting fewer and far between, but uh, still a few of us, isn't it? That's true. Well, thank you, Fred. All right. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. We'll be in touch. See you, man.